The Mishnah is discussing the three types of Shavuos which come under the category of Shavuos Hadayonim, an oath which um, the judges of a Basin can make somebody swear. The first one has been the main discussion until now, which is where somebody admits to part of another person's monetary claim. The second type is a Shavuos Hashemrim, an oath which somebody who was given an item to look after, and since then that item has been lost, and in order for them to be exempt for paying it, they need to swear that it wasn't their fault, they need to swear that it was really lost. We'll discuss much more details in the final parak of the Masechta regarding that. And the third one in this category is when there is one witness who supports the claim being made against somebody else. So, for example, Ruin claims that Shimon owes him money, and Shimon doesn't admit to any of it, but Ruin has one witness who can testify that indeed Shimon owes Ruin the money. Now, this Mishnah brings a number of exceptions for when a sh- when Shavuos Adayonim would not apply, when the Basin would not obligate somebody to make a Shavua. And all of these laws are learnt from Psukim. The Torah talks about specific items, and we learn from there that it comes to exclude other items. The the following things, one would not be obligated to make a Shavua regarding them, at least Mid-Eraisa. Ha'avodim, slaves... If, for example, Ruvain claims that he gave five of his non-Jewish slaves to Shimon for a short while, and Shimon admits to part of the claim, or Ruvain has one witness, whatever it may be, he would not need to make a shavua v'ashtarais, regarding documents, v'hakarkois, regarding pieces of land, v'hahikdishais, regarding items which belong to the Beis Hamikdash, for example, if somebody was appointed to look after property belonging to the Beis Hamikdash, he became a shomer, a guard over Hekdash property. He wouldn't become liable to make shavuos hashomerim or to make any of these um, oaths. And now the mission goes slightly sidetracked to discuss other laws where it's also learned from Pesukim that these other laws don't apply to these four items. The double payment which a thief is obligated to pay. When somebody steals something, he needs to pay the item back plus its value as a punishment. That doesn't apply to these four items. And the law is that if somebody steals an ox or a sheep, and he then slaughters it, or he sells it on to somebody else, he is liable to pay not just double the value, but four or five times the value of that animal. So the Mishnah says this doesn't apply to these items. Paying back four or five times the value in such a case also doesn't, doesn't apply. And the Shavuot doesn't apply. Somebody who is guarding something for free. And so if something happens to the item, he is generally exempt, as long as he swears. But Einu Nishba, he wouldn't need to swear in order to exempt himself. Nesis Sachar, also known as a Shomer Sachar, somebody who is being paid to look after something. So if it gets lost or something, then he, in many cases, would be liable to pay for it. But the Mishnah says, Einu Shalom, he is exempt from paying for the item. So those are a number of other laws which uh, these four items are also exceptions to. Now Rabbi Shimon argues on one of the exceptions, partly. The fourth of the the fourth exception was hekdash, something which belongs to the Beis Hamikdash. Now there are two ways which somebody can designate something to the Beis Hamikdash. One, at least regarding carbonis, which is what Rishimin is talking about, is where somebody says, "I designate this item, this animal, to be a carbon." However, there's another way where somebody can make a neither. He can make a vow that he accepts upon himself to designate something to the Beis Hamikdash. And then he finds an animal which belongs to him, and he says, "I want this to be the one." 
which will fulfill my vow. I just need this to be the carbon. In this case, if the item, if let's say the animal later on dies before he manages to bring it as a carbon. In the second case, since he made a vow to bring a carbon, he's obligated to do so until he brings a carbon. So if the one he decided to use in order to fulfill his vow dies and he's not able to bring it as a carbon, he'll be obligated to bring a replacement. And because of that, Bishimon Omer Bishimon says, a carbon, an item of Hekdash, which he is obligated to replace if it gets lost, one can become obligated to swear regarding this. Because according to Bishimon, this is considered to be partly his. Since he's obligated to replace it if it gets lost, Bishimon views it as being in his possession still, and therefore the exception of Hekdash wouldn't apply. Only if it's if it's Hekdash which he is not obligated to replace if it gets lost, then then he wouldn't need to swear regarding it because it would come under the category of Hekdash being an exception from that which one needs to swear about. There are items which are in the ground. Other versions of the Mishnah read Kakarka. There are items which are considered like land. The Enon Kakarka, even though they are not like land. And they are not, they are not the land itself. The Ein Chachom made them lie, but the Chachom did not agree with the mayor. Now, Ketzad, what exactly are we talking about over here? We're talking about somebody who appointed another person to look after his trees. More specifically, his vines. Ruven comes to Shimon and he claims that I gave you ten vines to look after as a shomer, as a god, and when I gave them to you, they were full of fruit, of grapes. The Halotimer and the other one says, Shimon claims, You only gave me five vines. Now, meanwhile, all of the vines which are there, Shimon has taken the grapes off, and they're no longer attached to the ground. Rabbi Meir Machayv Shavua, Rabbi Meir obligates Shimon to make a Shavua about the rest of the five vines. Because according to Rabbi Meir, since the fruit were, since the grapes were on the tree and they were ready to be harvested already, they were fully ripened when he received them. And they're no longer dependent on the tree, they no longer need the tree, the vine. And therefore the halachic status is that of movable items. We look at them as if they've already been taken off the tree, since they are no longer dependent on the tree. Anything which is attached to the ground has this halachic status of ground. According to the Chachom, it's irrelevant that it was ready to be cut off the, the vine. Fact is, when he received it, it was attached to the ground. And not only that, he is supposed to be a shomer. He was given the vines to look after them, not to cut the grapes off, so they were certainly not ready to be cut off at that point. And therefore they are considered to be like the vine itself, which is attached to the ground and has the status of the ground. And therefore he would not need to swear about the fruit of the vine. The extra five vines. Continues the Mishnah. One only needs to swear a shavuas mitzas when he admits the part of the claim. If it is something which is defined by a particular measure, weight or number. Kate said, how so? What's an example? If Ruven claims to Shimon, I gave you a, f- a house full of produce to look after. Or if I gave you a pouch which was full of money to look after. The Halotimer and the other Shimon says back to him, In your day, I'm not exactly sure. But whatever you put into the pouch of money, you can take. Whatever's in this house now, whatever is in this pouch, you can take it all. So he didn't admit to owing a particular amount, and he, just, he wasn't defined at all. He said, whatever is here, you can take. So this is not something which obligates one to make a shuas mode of 
However, if let's say they're discussing a house, he gave him a house full or a, a storehouse of produce, and Zeimer Ruvin claims that the produce was piled up at Haziz until the windowsill, or Haziz is possibly just the regular beam which is sticking out of the wall. He said it was up to there. The Zeimer and Shimon claims, no, Adachalain, you gave it to me and it was full and piled up until the height of the window. Here they are discussing measurements. Almost like a measuring cup, so they're using the storehouse instead. But they are discussing more defined amounts, and therefore Chayev, he would be liable to make a Shuas Medumiktas that he does not owe him the rest of that which he is claiming. Mr. Zayn, as we'll see in detail in the final paragraph of the Masechta, there are different types of Shemrim, and one of the types of Shemrim is called a Shemr Sachar. A Shemr Sachar is somebody who is not allowed to use the item, his job is only to guard it, and he is paid to do so. He receives a certain benefit in general payment for doing this job of guarding the item. And the law is, if that item gets lost, even if he did guard it properly, and it got lost unintentionally, not due to his negligence, however, it wasn't totally totally out of his control. If it got destroyed, the item, and it wasn't totally out of his control, then he would be obligated to pay the owner for the item. Now, when somebody lends another person money, he would often take a mashkain, some sort of deposit, an item which belongs to the borrower. He would take it and keep it until the borrower pays back the loan. Now, as long as he has that item with him, he is considered to be a shaymer. Which type of shaymer? The answer is he's considered to be a shaymer sachar because he is gaining by having the item with him. By having the item with him, that's going to make sure he's able to force the other guy to pay. He is gaining by having the item with him and therefore he's considered to be a shaymer sachar which means that if anything happens to the item, he's going to need to pay for it unless it's totally out of his control. So Hamava is Chaveiroi, one who lends money to his friend, let's say Ruvain lends money to Shimon, Al Hamashkain, and he takes a deposit when he lends him, and then of the Ovad Hamashkain, the Mashkain gets lost. So now Ruvain is liable to replace the Mashkain to Shimon. Now, at the same time, Shimon owes money to Ruvain. He borrowed money from Ruvain. So if the value of the loan and the value of the mashkin are the same, then they would just both cancel each other out, and neither of them would owe each other money. The Mishnah discusses a number of cases now where Ruvain and Shimon argue as to the value of the mashkin. Oh my lord, Ruvain says to Shimon, I lent you a selah, and the mashkin was worth a shekel. A seller is worth two shekel. So he's saying effectively, I gave you two shekel, you gave me one shekel. So you still owe me one shekel. That's his claim against Shimon. And Vahalotimer, Shimon replies, Loichi, that's not the case. Rather, you lent me a seller, the seller and the mashkin was also worth a seller. So I don't owe you anything because both of the amounts cancel out each other. Says Mr. Potter, Shimon is exempt from swearing about the rest of the claim of Ruvain because he has denied everything. Ruvain is claiming a shekel from him and he is denying owing him anything. What happens if Ruvain claims Salah of I lent you a Selah and I took the mashkin from you, and the mashkin was worth a shekel. So Reuben is claiming a shekel from Shimon. That's the difference in amount of between the loan and the mashkin. The haloi man, Shimon claims, I don't owe you nothing. You lent me a seller. And how much was the mashkin worth? It wasn't worth a seller, I agree. So I still owe you money. The mushroom was worth, it was worth three dinar. A seller is four dinar. 
So a shekel is two dinar. So Shimon is effectively saying, I owe you only one dinar and not a shekel. Only one dinar and not two dinar. So this is a case of Meidim He's admitted to part of the claim and therefore Chayev, he is liable to swear that he doesn't know the rest of it. Now we're going to see at the end of the Mishnah that Shimon, as well as Shimon swearing because of Meidim Ruvain also needs to swear that indeed he lost the item and that it is not, it is not with him. Otherwise we're a bit concerned that he might have decided that he wants to keep the item for himself. And he's certainly not allowed to do that and therefore he would also need to make a Shavua that he indeed lost the item. Alright, the Mishnah brings another two cases. If Shimon says to Ruvain, Salah you lent me a Selah, but the mashkin which I gave you was worth two Selah, it was worth double the amount of the loan, which means that now you're the one who owes me money. You owe me the difference, which is one Shekel. Excuse me, one Selah. And Ruvin replies, that's not the case. Rather, I lent you one seller, and the mashkin was worth a seller, so I don't owe you anything. He's denied the entire claim, and therefore Potter, he is exempt from swearing about the rest of it. However, if Shimon says to Ruvin, you lent me a seller, and the mashkin was worth two seller, and therefore you owe me one seller. Shimon's claim against Ruvin is that you owe him one seller. And Reuven replies, that's not the case. Rather, I lent you a seller. And the mashkin was worth five dinar. I agree that it was worth more than the loan. But it was only worth one dinar more than the loan. The loan was one seller, which is equivalent to four dinar. And the mashkin was worth five dinar. So you're right, I owe you one dinar, but not a seller. So he is admitted to part of the claim, and therefore Chayv is liable to make a shavua. And the truth is we need to make two Shavuos. One is the Shavuos made with Miktas, and the other is that he actually did lose the item. Because otherwise, once again, we're afraid that he might have decided he wants to keep the item. He's willing to pay for it, but he decides to keep it. But he hasn't got the right to keep it, and therefore we need to make sure that indeed he did lose it. Now, in one of these four cases we mentioned, we've got a case where both of them are swearing. In the second case of the mission discussed, where Ruvain the lender claimed that Shimon owes him a shekel, and Shimon admits to owing him one dinar, half the amount. In such case, Shimon needs to swear because he made him a miktas, and Reuven needs to swear in order to make sure that indeed he did lose the item. The Mishnah asks, Uminishbar, which one of them needs to swear first? The answer is Mishab Kodan Etzlai, the one who had the item with him all along. Shema Yishova in case the other one will swear, i.e. Shimon will swear his Shuas Medumimiktas, which is essentially an oath regarding the value of the Mashkain. That was their argument. And then, Ruvain might just take out the deposit from his pocket, that he never actually lost it. And if we have the deposit in front of us, then we won't need to take account of the Shavua of Shimon. Meaning we have a way of finding out the... We, we need to make sure that we haven't got a way of finding out the value of the item before making Shimon swear about the value of the item. So first, Ruvay needs to swear that he hasn't got the item with him and it really is lost. And then there would be a need for Shimon to swear about the value of the item. The person who is swearing is swearing in order not to have to pay something. He is exempting himself from paying by making an oath. This is learned from Pesukim, when it talks about a Shavua, it says that by making the Shavua, he won't need to pay. That having been said, this parak discusses a number of people who make a Shavua and then take money, and this is Midrabonon. In all of these cases, Midraisa, the law would be either that neither of them would swear, or that the other person would swear. 
Instead of that, the Rabbanon said that this person should be able to swear and he'll take the money. What are the people on the list? Number one, Hasochir, a hired worker. Number two, Vahanigzal, somebody who was stolen from. Number three, Vahanechbol, somebody who was injured. Number four, Vashekenegdal Choshdal Shavua, somebody who is arguing with another person and the other person is suspect of making a sh- of not making a, f- a true Shavua, meaning the other person is not trusted when he makes a Shavua, so the Rabbanon transfer the Shavua to you. And number five, a shopkeeper swearing about something which was written in his notebook, and these five cases will be discussed in detail throughout this parrot. The first one on the list was Hasachir, a hired worker. Kate said, what is the case? Omar Loi, if the hired worker says to the employer, give me my wages which you have, which are designated for me. Who I'm there? And the employer claims, Nasati, I already gave you the wages. But the worker says, I did not receive wages. Says the Mishnah, he, the hired worker, can swear that he has not received the wages, and he would then be entitled to receive them. Since the employer is much more busy, and he has many different workers who he needs to pay, so he often doesn't necessarily manage to keep track of exactly who he paid. So he can easily make mistakes in this area, whereas the worker certainly wouldn't make a mistake. It could be he's lying, but that's what the Shavuot is to take care of. In terms of his claim, though, it's a much stronger claim, because he would be much more certain that he has not received his wages. Rabbi Huda says, This whole law is only true in a case where anyway the employer became obligated to swear, because he was made with Mictas. This is only true when the employer had um, admitted to part of the claim, and then the law is that he needs to swear about the rest of it, and if he doesn't swear, then he would be obligated to pay the wages. So once they're already in a position where if he doesn't swear, he needs to pay, so in that case, the Rabbanon said we're going to transfer the Shavua from him onto the other person, and if the worker swears that he's entitled to it, then he can receive the payment. But in a regular case where the employer is not obligated to swear at all, so he's not in a position where anyway he might need to pay, so then the Rabbana never said that he would need to pay based on the Shavuah of the worker. Kate said, how so? Oh my lord, if the employer said, if the worker said to the employer, Ten give me my wages of 50 dinar which you have in your possession, and the employer claims, you already received a dinar zohar worth, you already received 25 dinar, and I only owe you half of that. Another 25. So he admits the part of it, so anyway he would need to make a shavua, and if he doesn't make a shavua, he would need to pay. So Rabbanon said, instead of that, we're going to allow the worker to make a shavua, and then he will receive the money.